Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. How many of us are saved? Can honestly say, I am born again, bought with a price. Now, of these hands, how many love football? We have a few fans here. Okay. Uh, I know Cole should be raising his hand, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, doing that. Okay, okay. Woo! Okay, then do me a favor because it is in this time, we know that this time is wholly set apart. Jesus has stepped onto the field. So I want every single one of you who love God and love football to stand up with me and pray with me and for me, okay? Is that all right? Come on, anyone who loves God, let's, we're going we're gonna to dedicate this time right here and right now. And let's do it right. Let's do it right. Amen? Jesus has just stepped onto the field. And if you have been bought with a price, you're, you have been redeemed from destruction, there is something about that that should get you just a little bit excited other than when the saints win the game. You know what I mean? When I film that I have been bought from, from uh, destruction by Jesus Christ, it gets me excited. So let's act like we are excited or actually show this. Oh, okay, is everybody okay with that? Yeah. I want to hear your voices. If you don't know how to pray, just say Jesus, okay? You might not be a preacher, but just say Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Everybody lift your hands up right now because this is the time that we want to hear from the Holy Ghost. If you came to hear from Danny, I'm sorry to tell you he ain't even here because the Holy Ghost is in me right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, we lift the name up that we would draw all men. God, you would draw all men unto you as we lift up the name that is above every name. That is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. We worship you, God. All of God's children say, yes, Lord Jesus. God, we worship you. We adore you, God. We honor you, Lord Jesus. For, Lord God, it is not you that steps onto a football field, God, but it is you who stepped on to the hill of Golgotha that saved our life from destruction, God. We worship you. We love you. We honor you, God. We lay our lives down at the altar as an Isaac, God, that we could have died, but you have bought a ram in the thicket, the ram in the thicket that is Jesus Christ, God, and we honor you, Lord. God, we worship you. We love you. This is your time. This is your hour. This is your word with your people and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Turn with me in the book of Daniel chapter 3. Church, we have been hearing some very good, very good revelation from our dear pastor, Glenn Mayu. I have learned so much as it regards eschatology, that is the study of the end times that I, he's the most I've ever learned from in that regard. But church, I want to take to the book of Daniel this same element that we understood when Nebuchadnezzar had erected the statue that we studied so greatly in the dream, how it paralleled the nations of the end times of the empires. I want us to look at this from a little bit different perspective. Church, Daniel chapter 3. Everybody have it say amen. amen. Daniel chapter 3. We're going to go ahead and uh, jump to verse 9 because I'll give you a little bit of background. This is 600 BC, 600 years before Christ set his foot on the earth by way of the virgin birth through Mary in the manger. 
Babylonian captivity. Once again, no surprise, right? The nation of Israel is again in captivity. Why? Come on, church. Sin, backsliding, rebellion, all the synonyms of ought against God, right? They're in Babylonian captivity. Daniel, three men, highly respected by the king and all of the captains of the guard, have chosen in chapter 1, giving you background before we begin, that they would not partake of the meat that was offered by idols, that God has instructed them to eat what it is pure and holy. And they said, we will not bow. They said, we will not eat that, but give us vegetables and give us water. And all of the Babylonians and the Chaldeans that had eaten meat and all their protein shakes and lifting weights could not compare on weeks down in from the strength of Daniel and these three Hebrew men that chose to drink water and eat salad. Are y'all hearing this? No protein. They gave it to God. They surrendered to the will of God for the diet, water, and salad. They took a stand, and they were respected, and they were even stronger than those men that were rocking the protein shakes and the protein powders, right? Amen. Now, Daniel chapter 3, where Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2 had the dream. He erects the image, the same statue we have been studying about in the dream, but he erected it as gold. Verse 9, they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, paltry, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, that they shall fall down and worship the golden image. Somebody say, that's a bad idea. I vaguely remember a time where the Israelites, the Israelites, Christi, had worshipped a golden image. And God had brought down wrath. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The golden calf? Some point in time, they should, you know, this, this worshipping golden image, they should think this is not a good idea. But church, we're going to find something that, there again, falling into the same trap. And it says, verse 11, And whosoever falleth not down to worship, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace, there are a certain Jew, Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor do they worship the image that thou hast set up. It's funny because as a kid, I remember these names. We learned it as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abilegoat. <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 13, then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they brought these men before the king, Nebuchadnezzar, and spake, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach? Is it true, O Meshach? Is it true, O Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Remember, at this time, they were already elevated across the board, not only with the Hebrews, but the Chaldeans as well, that Daniel and the three, all four of them, are highly respected. The men who can eat salad and water can be much stronger than the great men of valor who have their protein shakes and their meats that are offered to idols, right? So at this point, they've already been elevated and promoted with the same guys who Nebuchadnezzar said, dude, you're awesome. Or the same people who said, Nebuchadnezzar, 
We can't do it. Am I right? Amen. I just want to make sure y'all are awake. Is it true? Do you not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Verse 14. Now, 15. Now, now. Everybody say now. Now. If you be ready that at what time you hear the fruit, the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sacred poultry, and dulcimer, these are all different kinds of instruments, of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast in the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace, who is that God may shall deliver you, that shall deliver you out of my hands. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king of Nebuchadnezzar, that we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Ooh, y'all keep in mind, who are they talking to? The king. This is not a priest. This is not a soothsayer or advisor to the king. We are talking to the king of Babylon, who at just one word, they're dead. What did they say? Their response was, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. In other words, I don't even have to think about it. That's powerful. Somebody say, they got faith. They got faith. Yes, they do. If it be so, verse 17, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning of the fiery furnace. And he will, church, everybody, everybody say will. will. Will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto the king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Even if my God who is able to deliver me out of the fiery furnace, even if he doesn't, we will not bow. Church, I need, I think y'all need to get this word inside of you. Because too often times we hear, oh, we're going to speak it as though they be not as though they are. We're calling it in and it shall be done. Oh, and it shall be healed. It will. It's not might. But guess what? Sometimes the God of the universe has said that I will give mercy to those whom I choose to give mercy. So I'm talking to a people that would say, God, if you slay me, as Job said in chapter 13, yet I still will serve you. The God of the universe, if you allow me to perish, I will not bow the knee, nor will I serve the golden image. I will serve the living God. Now that is biblical Christianity, not Western Christianity. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury and form of his image was changed. He was full of fury and a form of visage. That I do understand means he changed his mind about his thoughts toward them. At this point, he's like, you know what? I used to like you guys. Not anymore. <laughs> right? The king was upset. Against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, therefore he spoke and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded that most mighty men, we were, he commanded that the most mighty men that were in his army should bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hoss, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments were cast into the midst of the burning furnace. Therefore, church, say therefore. That means that coming up after all of this, because the king's commandment was 
urgent. The fiery furnace, exceeding hot, exceeding hot. The flame of the fire slew the men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In other words, the same greatest men, apart from them three, because they were the strongest, actually, they were the ones that died just from throwing them into the fire. Isn't that awesome? That the same men that were told to throw them into the fire, it was only those people that died. Wow. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down into the burning of the midst of the fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said to his counselors, Did we not? Did we not? Cast. Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the, in the, midst of the fire. Whew. I see four men, church. It's not three, but I see four men walking in the fire. I don't know if you guys are following what's happening here. I know y'all, y'all are learned Bible scholars in this room who have heard this before and time and time again. But when I tell you, you have a tenacity of integrity that would say that even if he slays me, I will serve him. You talk about a God that says, you know what? I got this. I got this, church. He will, if you stand for Jesus in the midst of the fire and in the midst of a seven times hotter, even though I say, oh, really? You like that? How about I make it worse? And he said, I still will not bow. I will not bow. Then you've got a God on your back that says, you stood for me. I will stand for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Whoo. Yes. Look, it's time to lay off your scholars, your religious feathers, and read the Word of God, even as though you heard it for the first time. Because that Word is living. He said, Lo, I see four men loose walking. Church, they were walking. Walking in the midst of the fire. So, whoo! Seven times hotter, so hot. Glory to God. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I'm trying to take my Word. Whoo! Devil is mad. He is mad. Because I'm talking about a people that would stand in the midst of the fire. They weren't consumed. They stood. They walked in the midst of the fire. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, okay. Then Nebuchadnezzar, verse 26, came into the mouth of the burning of fire first and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth. Come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire. And the priests, the governors, the captains, the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw that these men, upon whose body the fire had no power. Come on, church. The fire had no power. It was powerful enough to slay the captains of the guard that were for like feet away from it but it had no power with the people that were in the midst of the fire no power i want y'all to underline that underline that in scripture the fire had no power if you have a pen right underline that nor was the hair of the head singed neither were the coats changed nor the smell of fire passed on them church i'm going to tell you something that when you stand for the living god and you allow yourselves to not compromise compromise that through the trials after you come out on the other side christy it would be as though it never happened Whew. come on 
That's powerful. Nor the smell of fire passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and to deliver his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word. Changed the king's word. You don't do that, guys. That's not normal. I'm just telling y'all that when the king makes a decree, it's final. Changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve and worship any God except their own God. Change the king's mind. Therefore, I make a decree. Oh, gosh. Change the king's word. He said, I will make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their house shall be made a dunghill, because, church, there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. No Babylonian God can do what my Jehovah God can do. There is no other Assyrian God that can do what my God can do. There is no other Egyptian God that can do what my God can do. If you can just get that in your head, there is nothing out there that they can do for you than what God Almighty can do for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Y'all act like y'all got saved up in here. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Woo! There is none like you, God. There is none like you. No one else can touch my life like you can do for i can search for all eternity long and find that there is no god that can deliver after this sort y'all see that verse 30 then the king the king promoted shadrach meshach and abednego in the providence of babylon here they are first promoted demoted really promoted y'all follow that obedience to god promoted obedience to god demoted Obedience to God really promoted that when you come out of the other side, church, it'll be much better than when you became. It'll be much better than when you began because when you come out the other side, you've got a God that can deliver you that no other God can do. No other God. No other God. Church, I'm coming to tell you that God has given me a word. He has told me that the influence of integrity far far outweighs the cost of compromise. I'm going to say that again. The influence of integrity, sister, far outweighs the cost of compromise. We are talking about three Hebrew men out of thousand, possibly millions of Hebrews lost in captivity once again. Three. All it took was three to stand and say, I will not serve your God. I will not serve. I will not bow the knee. I will not compromise. But I will be a man of integrity that says I will not bow the knee to this Halloween. I will not bow the knee to the homosexual agenda lifestyle. I will not bow the knee. He's looking for a church that would say I will not bow, church. And if you think for one second you can have your religion and your world too, you will burn. It's all or none, church. You can't have it in between. I'm looking and I'm talking to a people that would be willing to say, I repent of my compromise and I will find that integrity. I will be an influencer. I will, I will stand in the midst of the fire. I will stand in the midst of the king and say, I will not bow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I want y'all to realize Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
those of us who know these names very well might not be aware that that was not their names. I don't know if y'all know this, church, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was Chaldean names given to them by the king. They didn't walk into Babylonian captivity with the name of a Babylonian God. They walked into Babylonian captivity with the God Jehovah written on their hearts. Their Hebrew names were not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Hananiah means Jehovah who is gracious. It means Jehovah who is a gracious God. He does not give you a stone tablet and walk away and say, do it. He is a gracious God that loves you. That's Hananiah, who was actually Shadrach. Meshach's real name was Mishal, and it means who is like our God. And Nebuchadnezzar actually echoed the very original name that he himself changed, went back to, and he said, there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. He was saying Michel, 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 who is like our God, which could also mean to feed or provide as a husband would do for a family. He's gracious. Hananiah, he's gracious. Michel, which was Meshach, actually means who is like our God. There is none like you, Jesus. Come on, Jacob. There is none like you, Jesus. Nothing, nothing, not pornography is like Jesus. Not no casino is like Jesus. There is no sin, adulterous lifestyle. There is no drink at the bar that is like my Jesus. Azariah number three. Are y'all ready for this? Are y'all ready for this? Come on, somebody. Number three, Abednego. Y'all want to know what his real name was? Azariah. It means Yahweh has helped. Mind blow. They walked through the fire, not as three, but as four, who is likened to the Son of the living God. Yahweh has helped. He is gracious and He provides. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Verses 17 and 18. Y'all turn right back to that. I want to focus. Let's focus. Verse 17. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, they said to the king, he is able to deliver us from the burning. Come on. Somebody say he is able. He is able. He is able. Thank you, Jesus. If you could just get that. He is able from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us. And church, I don't know if you realize what this means. You might say, well, wait a second, Pastor Danny, that actually contradicts because it says he will deliver us. The next verse, it says, but if not, because I'm telling you the words of Paul that says to live as Christ, to die as gain, because no matter what the outcome, he has delivered me in the name of Jesus Christ. King Nebuchadnezzar, no matter what you might think, whether I perish in the fire or I walk on the coals, he has delivered me out of your hands, King Nebuchadnezzar. He has delivered us. Come on, somebody. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Verse 18. But if not, somebody say if not. 
Let it be known unto you, king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Church, I'm talking about people who can tell their boss, flatten their face. You want me to do that? I'm sorry. But it is contrary to my God. It is contrary to the word. So I cannot, cannot abide by your wish. You can fire me, boss. You can hate me, brother. You can hate me, sister. You can abandon me, mother. You can abandon me, father. But I will not bow my knee in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. I will not bow. What I want to just seriously highlight is that God can. God can, but if not, he's looking for a people that says, even if he doesn't deliver me, even if he doesn't deliver me, I will not bow the knee. Thank you, God. Yes, Jesus. The fire had no power. Verse 27, point number three. The fire had no power over them that not even the smell of smoke was on them. Not even the smell of smoke. It perished. It, just, it, it slaughtered the men who were probably 50 feet away, and they died. But the men who were in the fire walked out without even the smell of smoke on their clothes. I want you all to get that. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Pastor. The only thing that burned in that fire was their bondage. The only thing that burned in their fire was the ties that held them down. And church, sometimes God wants you to go through the fire so he can actually deliver you. You might say, Danny, that doesn't make sense. Why can't he just snap his fingers and let it just be gone? Well, you know what, church? Sometimes we need that fire. God consume us. What I find is interesting that in the days of old, before Christ came uh, through the virgin birth as an infant child in the manger, he came walking through that fire. He came walking through that fire with them. But in Acts chapter 2, Jesus went up and he landed as flaming tongues of fire on all of them in the name of Jesus Christ. Fire, fire, fire. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me if you can to Micah chapter 7. It's a little bit forward. Micah, he was known as one of the minor prophets. Micah, Micah. Just a few pages forward. It's right after Joel. Thank you, Jesus. Excuse me, excuse me. It's right after Jonah. But go a little bit forward. Micah chapter 7. Looking at verse 2. Praying God for a people that would understand integrity. Integrity, integrity, integrity. Whether it brings death. I'm talking about people. I don't know if y'all realize this. But when you got in 2014, your year, on your news channel, on your television set, where a mayor in Houston, Texas can say, I want your, I want your sermons. I want to take all things that you talk negative about homosexuality, not the person, but the sin. I want all that and anything that you have say against the proclamation that I made to allow men to walk into women's restrooms and women to walk into men's restrooms. And I want those sermons and I want them now. That's 2014, church. Don't tell me that this nation is a free nation anymore. When we were founded as a republic, we became a democracy. And the next step is socialism. Don't you tell me that our God and his people are not being persecuted. So I'm telling you, church, right now, before the fire gets too hot, I'm telling you he's looking for people that will walk in integrity, that will walk over the coals through integrity and will not experience the cost of compromise. 
Thousands upon thousands have felt the cost of compromise when they, next to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, brothers in arms and sisters in arms, don't you think for one second that they were alone? I don't know how many there were, but I guarantee you there was a lot more than three. Think about that. I want you all to see this. Thousands, bare minimum, possibly millions. And it only took three men of integrity that said, I will not bow. What happened to everybody else? You know you're in a dire strait when the nation of God, God's chosen people, that only three had the gall and the audacity to say, No! I will not bow and serve your golden image. It's time to pray, church, because the United States of America is falling in the same drop. I'm looking for three in the United States of America that will say, I will not bow. I'm calling out to anyone in this room and those on the internet, if you have bowed your knee, stand up, stand up for Jesus Christ, because if you don't, you will burn. Micah chapter 7 verse 2 the good man is perished out of the earth and there is none everybody say none everybody say that's sad there's none upright it says among men the prophet Micah who walked with Isaiah Isaiah great man of God we're actually going to read into that who prophesied more about the coming of Jesus Christ than any other prophet Micah good friends with Isaiah lived the same time he said that there's none upright, none upright among men. They all lie and wait for blood. They hunt every man and his brother with a net. They're fighting against each other, he says. And they may do evil with both hands earnestly. The prince asketh and the judge asketh for a reward. And the great man, he uttereth his mischievous desire. So they wrap him up. Guys, I don't know if y'all see this. The prince, the president... Okay, are you seeing the judge, our Supreme Court justices, our Senate, and our congressmen, that they would earnestly do evil? The judge asked the reward, and the great man, he utter, excuse me, uttereth his mischievous desire. This is the nation in which we live. Men fighting with men, women against women, blacks against whites, Democrats against Republicans. We are divided. The, the body of Christ, Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, Charismatic, we are divided. And the one name that is above every name is what unites us all. It's time to ban arms and stand for the living God and pray for revival. Revival in this nation in the name of Jesus Christ. The latter harvest. Verse 4, the best of them is as an a briar. It is most upright and sharper than a thorn edge. The day of thy watchman and thy visitation cometh. Now shall be their perplexity. Trust not in a friend. Because your friend just bowed to the king's idol. Your friend just knelt their knee and worshipped that golden image. Do not, it says, trust ye not in a friend. Put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Number six. For the son dishonoreth the father. The daughter riseth up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. Somebody might say, Pastor, what does that mean? That means that the house is divided. 
They're fighting against one another. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, the chapter verse escapes me. He quoted this verse. He quoted this verse. Everybody say he quoted this verse. Jesus was just telling them, you have to deny all and follow me. He said, if you do that, it will cause division in your house. I'm telling you that when you serve Jesus and you say that through the midst of the possibility of the fire that may, may, church say may, may consume me, I will not bow. I am a man of integrity. I am a woman of integrity. I'm a mother of integrity that will continue to pray for her children nonstop. Integrity, 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 not compromise. The cost of compromise will cost you a whole lot more than the influence you have through your integrity. Because all it took was three men of integrity that changed the face of the nation that brought revival, even to the point where the king says, forget my God, you are going to serve the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or I will cut you down. Whoa. Just think, guys. Think about this. Just think if it actually had more than three that stood up. Think about that. What if, what if maybe 30% of that nation... How be it the amount I don't know. But let's pretend it's 500,000, which is not an unrealistic number considering just, you know, 1400 BC that there were three and a half million. 500,000, let's pretend, pretend, okay? Only three. What, are the, what is the percentage of that? Anyone want to do the math? Three of 500,000. That's insane. Shame on them. Shame on them. And shame on this nation for those of us who call ourselves Christian and celebrate the most pagan and wicked holiday of Halloween. And I'm sorry. You have your convictions. I got mine. Because I will do Ephesians 5.11 and I will not have anything to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but I will rather, it says, expose them. I don't, I don't celebrate witchcraft. I'm sorry. You know why I'm fired up? Because I've seen people in my own family who used to serve the living God with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength and who took a stand against everything that was Babylonian or adulterous or worldly. All of their uh, the God, worldly golden images that stood up and said no. And now, where are they? I don't know what's in your life, church, but when I tell you before you go, I am in pleading, I am calling you out and saying become a man and woman of integrity, whether it's a Halloween celebration and says no longer. I will not support witchcraft and then because my God tells me it's an abomination. I will not support homosexuality because it is an abomination. I will not allow sin in my domain because I serve the living God and I will not bow. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. You want to know? You want to know why few are chosen? Because it takes three men out of 500 or so thousand that actually stood for him. I'm telling you when I tell you this, that you want to talk about when you get to heaven, I personally believe there's going to be a lot less people than you think there are. I'm telling you when I tell you this, the Bible tells you that broad is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow, narrow is the way that leads to life. And how many are they that find it? For those of you Bible scholars, amen. Few are they who find it. But all it took was three Hebrew men that said, no, I will not. And I might die. My God is able to deliver me. But even if he doesn't, Christy Cole, even if he doesn't, I will die in my faith. And what did God do? They honored three men out of entire nation. And what happened with that? 
the nation had revival because the whole nation, even Babylon, when they took them into captivity, he didn't know he was taking in a virus against the Babylonian gods. He didn't know that when he took the entire nation of Israel, that there were three men that would wreck their lifestyles in Babylon, that would destroy the idols and bring Jehovah God to their life. They didn't expect that, but that's what happened. Verse 7 in Micah, Therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. And what happens, church? My God will hear me. My God will hear me. Turn with me to Isaiah, the final, final. This is it. I'm coming to a close. I want y'all to look at this. Isaiah chapter 43. You're going to flip all the way back. You're going to pass up Daniel. Isaiah 43. Is somebody getting this? I just pray to God that your silence is a direct reflection of conviction. I pray that right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that there will be something that God will expose to your heart and in your mind you're thinking of that one thing that you're doing this to. There'll be that one thing or two or three. Whatever God in your life that is directly contrary to this God in whom we serve that can deliver us unlike any other God, then I pray that you will get up Dust your knee off and say, no more, King Nebuchadnezzar. No more. No more. You can burn me. You can slay me. But I will not bow the knee. I will not serve. I am a man of integrity. Christy, you're a woman of integrity. Miranda, you're a woman of integrity. And I can go on all across this whole room. Men and women of integrity, your influence far outweighs the cost of compromise. Far outweighs... Chapter 43, everybody have a say, amen. But now, thus saith the Lord God that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name, LB. I have called thee by name, all of you, for you are mine. Verse 2, when you walk through the waters, I will be there. I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire. Come on, church. What does it say? When you walk through the fire, I will be there. You will not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Church, I don't know if you realize what just happened because Isaiah sure did give that word. And I guarantee that when they said, I'm not even going to give it a thought. Now, I will not bow. When they said that, King Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not even going to give it a thought. They were thinking Isaiah says that when you walk through the fire, when you walk through the fire, Edith, I will be with you. Come on, somebody. If you can just get this in your heart and soul, if you truly believe that God has redeemed your life from destruction, then why is it so hard to stand up to your friends and say, enough with your dirty jokes. I'm a born-again Christian, and I do not tolerate this. Enough with your profanity. Enough with the pornography. Enough with the alcoholism. Enough with sin. When you stand in the midst of the fire, yes, it will bring division in your house. Jesus said it. Micah said it. But it's worth it. Church, everybody say, it's worth it. It's worth it. Do it again. It's worth it. It's worth it. Because in the end... If you die through it, you'll be in heaven with Jesus. Or it'll bring revival. 
So church, what have you got to lose? Revival in your family. Because if you don't stand for Jesus and you're begging God for revival, I got news for you. It won't happen. It won't happen. And I'm speaking to every single one. I know, I know all of you here can say I've got at least one loved one by name in my head right now that's not serving Jesus, that's not saved, that is on their way to hell. But if you stand in that living room and they are watching something filthy and they are cussing up a storm and you do not say, look, I love you, but I really ask that you stop. If you cannot get up, dust off your knees and stand for Jesus Christ while begging him to give you revival in your family, you will not see it. You won't see it, church. You won't see it. Because if you can't stand for Jesus Christ at your workplace, in the home, and you bow the knee to your idols, you won't see your family saved. Sister Edith has gone through hell and back when it comes to her family. She is a woman of God who said, no, King Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not going to bow. Yes, my back hurts. Yes, I have surgery. Yes, my husband has cancer. Yes, I have family that are running. Yes, I've been persecuted for Christ's name's sake, but I will not bow. She comes to church every Sunday and prays for the salvation of her family. And that is the most admirable, admirable thing any one of us mothers or fathers can do for their children. The most admirable. And my point I'm saying after saying this is that she's not one that plays the hypocrite, takes the name of the Lord thy God in vain, which means, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm living like the world. That's taking the name of God in vain because you're using his name while living like the world. That's taking the name of thy Lord God in vain. Not a cuss word. Yes, some. But if you don't understand the reality of hypocrisy, that's what that means. I want y'all to be integrity. I want to be a man of integrity because it was a time in my life when I was filling my head with God's word while my heart was very far from him. There was a time in my life where I went to Bible college and got all the word in my heart, memorized book, chapter, verse, and did all that I can and learned everything about how to preach a word, how to draw this fancy outline, and learned all this up here while my heart was dying and going to hell. It was at this altar. It was at this altar that I I found Jesus again. This same one. I was not a man of integrity. Yes, I was a Hebrew, but my heart was far from God because I was a hypocrite. I learned all the stuff. I had all the suits. And when Jessica Fudge, a good friend of Miranda and I, had brought me here, said we're going to just jam out and play music. That was a setup beyond setups. We I didn't even know it was on the song list. But this morning when she sang, I'm so forgetful. But you always got to remind me that you're the only one who brings me peace. You're the only one. It was in that song that the power of God fell on me like a ton of bricks. My conviction was so overwhelmed that I dropped to my knees and I cried out, God, see. I want to be a man of integrity. Miranda was right here singing the song. The lights were out. It was like an afternoon. And I was crying out to God. Look, there was probably a stain of my tears. It was a big puddle right there. snot all over my face. (laughs) But it was this man right here. I want y'all to see him. I admire him so much. I will take a Pastor Glenn over every Bible college professor. 
I will take a pastor Glenn over anyone else that could have their suits and ties and their degrees. I will take this man before anyone else. He was there for me. He came to me when everyone else said, don't waste your time on Danny. He's not worth it. He won't do it. He won't stick with it. He won't be a man of God. He was the only pastor in a Loyal's parish that said, I will take him in. He kept me as a father. He knelt down with me and held me. I'm serious, guys. I'm not making this up. When I surrendered to the call for real, not up in here, church, right here. When I said no more bales, when I said no more golden images, when I said no more worlds, when I said no more parties, no more alcohol, no more premarital sex, no more sin. I want you, Jesus. I want you to be proud of me. It was this man that literally lifted me off this altar and hugged me. He hugged me and I cried in his shoulder. I cried in his shoulder for... I don't even know how long. And after it was all said and done, church, we walked in this hallway and we just went to the fellowship hall. We sat down and we were just talking. I was looking out the window and I saw the sun and I just looking how beautiful it is outside. The Lord spoke to me and he said, come home. Come home. I was in Baton Rouge Bible College. Just had a couple of, two, three, no, three years in Bible college. I wanted to finish the fourth and get my master's degree. He said, come home. Come home. Come home, church. Come home. And I did. I talked to him and we moved. I got all my stuff together. And I came and I lived with Jacob and Hesmer. We came to church here and the rest is history. Here I am. But church, when God told me to come home, what he's saying is, get off your knees and stop worshiping the golden image. You have a choice, church. When you walk out of that door right now, you don't know when your time is up. And that is not a fear tactic because I preached a funeral of an infant baby that was 10 days old and died. Don't you tell me that I can't say you don't know when your time is up. You can be 17 and a half years old. You can be 10 years old. You can be that little boy that got killed in Simpson War, that fool will of thing. Death knows no favoritism on age. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and I'm not talking about, oh yeah, I said when I was 10 years old, I said the prayer of salvation. Where are you today? Where are you today? Where are you today? Where were you last night? Where were you Friday night? Would it be something that Pastor Glenn could, could have been staying in there with you while you literally did your Friday night this past weekend? Would, would you do it in front of Pastor Glenn or Jesus? How about Jesus, who really was there, by the way, and sees all, knows all? Does it reflect these three Hebrew boys? Does it? And if you can say it does not, guess what? I got good news. That's why we're here. That's what this altar is for. This altar is where I found Jesus. And I guarantee you, to the day that I die, this altar is going to stay. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.